Hi guys, this is Ruben Langdon. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Show you can! Welcome to the show to give you all the news, views, and opinions in the world of gaming. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extras. So let's start with your host, Xavier Josiah. Power up and game on. You ain't got the bag. Oh no, you ain't got the bag. Oh no, you ain't got the bag. Oh no, you ain't got the bag. You ain't got the bag. You ain't got the bag. Oh no, 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 got the bag. Oh no, why you hating on my honest living? It isn't my fault that your ass ain't have a pot to piss in. I ain't been binging, been overdriven like an engine. I wanna do another tour in Britain. My mom says I'm so persistent, like my grandma was. I'm a musician, kids who bullied me are janitors. Have best in managers of grocery stores. I'm a locksmith to the city the way I open these doors. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, I hope we are having a great week. We are anticipating two big premieres this week. One is Devil May Cry 5, which is coming out this Friday, and we're going to talk about a little bit of that this week. Uh, But I will be fully reviewing it next week going down the line, as well as a major announcement involving that game. If you guys have heard the show before, I've been mentioning it, talking about it just a little bit. Well, it's official, and I'll talk about that later on today when I talk about that game and the demo that I got a chance to play as well. Uh, We also got Captain Marvel that will be coming out as well. So I am looking forward to that, but... We'll talk about that enough later on. We got a lot going on with that, including our movie tavern uh, get together with some of our ACMG members as well. So we'll talk about that later on, uh, probably in the Talk Time Live Prime show on Sunday when I review Captain Marvel. But I digress. What you just heard was a clip from the song You Ain't Got the Bag from the one and only Felix Dongato, a.k.a. Bag of Tricks Cat, which was a guest of mine on Talk Time Live exclusive. You... Just heard a clip of that. The video is out. You could go out of your way to check out a video. Check out the video. The song is heat. It is pure fire. And I'm telling you now, I got a chance to listen to the entire album. Uh, thank you to uh, Felix for you know shipping that out to me and getting that to me. And man, you guys are in for a treat. I love this album. I had a chance to get an early copy of it, and lo and behold, it is a really really hot hot album so here's what i love about it and i'm gonna give you guys a really quick review of it real quick uh, i love it because he he's a, we talked about storytelling if you heard the interview which if you haven't go out of your way to, to um listen to the interview there is some great great heat and story to it and not only that the significance of his name which if you don't know go out of your way to check out the interview the significance of the theme that he uses which is Felix the cat and there's a reason why he's using it there's a connection a huge bloodline connection to that character and him and his life and it's all in this album and I'm telling you the last the first two songs are great introductions to this album the filling of the album is great as well but the last two songs at the end really hit it home and it's a great great tribute to the heritage of this character 
and his bloodline. And that's all I'm going to say about that. It is absolutely awesome what he did. I had to reach out to him and tell him, like, dude, this is this really brought me almost a tear to my eyes to what he did with the with this album, let alone the last two songs of it as well. So if you're a fan of Felix and um, you're a fan of Bag of Tricks Cat, man, go out of your way to do it. He did it again. It's awesome. Go out of your way to check it out. It's up for pre-order now, and that's his new album called Felix Chevrolet, which is coming out on April 26th, but you can pre-order the album right now. So there it is. There's a shout-out. I'm probably going to mention this again in on my Prime show. I'm hyping this up for him. It's awesome. He needs to go out of his way to keep on going. He was just at the Grammys, too, so much love to him, and thank him again for coming on to the show. We will definitely have him in a future date as well. So enough of that right now. We're going to go to what we do best. We got a lot of gaming news to talk about here in Select Start, so let's switch on to that because we got some really interesting things to start off with right now. Keeper of time. I guide the destiny of the realms. But my work's perfection has been tainted by Raiden's actions. I enlist all those who disdain the current course of history. By merging past and present, we may draw upon allies from both eras. I offer a greater empire in the new era. Will your outworld armies defend it? They shall. All right, folks, what you just heard was just a clip of the new story trailer for Mortal Kombat 11. It looks like it's going to be ever so insane (laughs) in this game. And I am absolutely anticipating playing this game. I am looking forward to playing this game indeed. What is going on here is basically a whole time traveling crossover mix up whole thing which sounds like it's going to rewrite the whole entire series again. But it looks like a lot of fun was going to happen here. A lot of great moments is going to happen between different eras of Mortal Kombat. Here you have a new character, Kronika, the keeper of time who's looking to stop the evil Raiden from terrorizing and really ripping the time continuum, I guess, of everything that's going on within the eras of Mortal Kombat. Now, do you guys remember, Raiden, or Raiden, actually sacrificed himself when fighting Shinnok in Mortal Kombat 10, and all of the evil energy that he took within him created an evil essence of him this time around, and just going crazy and doing some really crazy things about it. So, this leads to her emerging all the characters from pre- past and present Mortal Kombat uh, games and tr- to, in order to stop him. Meaning, you will see old and new versions of characters including Luke Cage, not Luke Cage, Johnny Cage, Liu Kang, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, and the return of Sho Khan, which, of course, you guys have also seen him, you know, die in the previous Mortal Kombat 9. Now, you also see Kung Lao make his return as well, who was also killed by Shao Kahn. So there's going to be a lot of craziness going on here. I can't tell you how excited I am to see this. I, I trust fully of what NetherRealm has done since they became a thing, since Ed Boon took over the helm of Mortal Kombat and created the studio. They've done a tremendous job. I've even defended DC Universe versus Mortal Kombat. The only thing that people really griped and bitched about with that game 
is clearly that there was no violence. Other than that, the storyline was tight. The fighting was pretty good. They had some innovative things to add to it. So I've liked everything that NetherRealm has done and WB Games to that extent. Those two are great combinations together, and they created some great stories and content from the Mortal Kombat series, which really had a story, but it was never tight. With Ed Boon teaming up with WB Games and working with them, they were able to create the ultimate you know, combination of story and action and fighting all combined. This is like one of the great combinations of gaming going on today, especially for fighters. You don't get that because most fighters are great fighters, but they're not great stories. With Mortal Kombat, you kind of get both. You really kind of get both going on here, and I, I really appreciate it. So I'm very much looking forward, especially if you're a fighting game fan like me who are really engulfed in the story development and the storytelling of fighting games, which really drew me in more or less along with the gameplay. So I am looking forward to absolutely playing this game. You also got things to look forward to with interactions with certain characters, you know, past and present, such as Kotokan and Shao Kahn. I guarantee you're going to see that clash because Kotokan is still a part of this. Kotokan was a character to me that was in the gray. He wanted to be the new ruler of Outworld, but he wanted to have a different philosophy and direction and ideology as opposed to Shao Kahn. So we're going to see that clash. Just guarantee we're going to see that clash in there. You also, if you watch the clip too, there were also uh, interactions with older Johnny Cage and younger Johnny Cage, which I got a feeling the young Johnny Cage is going to annoy the hell out of his older self, so he's going to see how much of a dork he really was back then. So that's going to be funny. Uh, many new characters from the last Mortal Kombat game will be there as well, so that's also cool. But what really took me off about this trailer was the really cool music that was from uh, a guru of hip-hop artist called Timo or Timo and Claire side. Never heard of these guys before. These are just probably indie guys out there, again, doing their thing out there and doing it really well. And they had a, uh, there's a song that they use for the clip called War. It sounds very Eminem-esque. And I almost thought it was Eminem until I had to really research it. But in fact, it was these guys. And I'm not mad. I'm not mad at the fact that they're doing it because they did a great job with the song. Um, you can hear the song on YouTube as well. These guys did great doing it it's awesome uh and it, it was the right choice of music to use to hype up this game i was so against the original song that they were using for the teaser for the announcement trailer which was 21 savage it didn't fit at all it was i, I felt like that they used 21 savage strictly because he was famous but he didn't have the right kick for that for mortal Kombat. i'm like and i and i said this many times before that you use instead of using what instead of using like the Wu-Tang or Red Man or somebody else of that extent that matches up to that type of grittiness you use 21 Savage and it didn't fit at all to me but these guys these indie guys guaranteed these are indie guys I'm sorry I I've never heard anything about these guys but I am now a fan of these guys so Timo and Clearside they killed it they, I mean, it doesn't. It it just shows that it doesn't have to be always a big name, you know. But these guys are hot. I love these guys. I love the album, the song that they use for it. So it's awesome. Overall, I am looking forward to it because I'm hoping that there will be some rewritten elements to it, including 
saving Liu Kang for God's sake, because I, <laughs> I don't mind the fact that they killed him off, and it was, you know, it did fit the format, it did work, but Liu Kang is my favorite, one of my favorite characters in the series, and to see him as a lost soul of himself is is so sad to see, but it's also great too. He be, he becomes a villain and and pretty much the entire thing. So I thought it was really crazy, but his younger self is going to come in and see his actual results of himself after a while. So this might change him in the midst of all this, and we might get Liu Kang back. I think this may be the time that we get Liu Kang back. So we'll see how this ends. And if it does happen that way, I am going to be awfully happy because although I love Mortal Kombat 10, I wasn't really a fan of the fact that the Cage family was the center of attention there because the Cage family... Johnny was always a side character to me. So for him, if it's just, if, if they do it that way and it makes Johnny a transitional kind of a you know character in a sense that he's not the main character but it was just telling a side story to something bigger that's going to come along i'm okay with that and i'm still okay with the actual you know story of mortal kombat 10 i just it just kills me and not only that will they develop further into the story development of cassie cage because the last one showed that she was developing she had a kind of a puberty spurt when she started developing the same uh aura or chi or chakra if you will that johnny had is this going to turn into other things but from if you've seen gameplay footage of her and kano she actually is still relying on you know tech and and artillery um artillery you know she's using guns and you know and a whole big arsenal if you will i guess that was the proper word i needed to say um so it, it, you know i really I really hope that she begins to develop more of her powers and rely on more of her skill because she's just gun-toting the whole entire time. And I'm like, your father is a skilled martial artist with a really cool skill and technique that you should be utilizing. Now, it does look like she utilizes it a little bit, but also rely on, you know, technology and everything. She also is going to be having a sort of a drone, a AI type of drone that she's going to be working with as well. So that is going to be a new kick. And I actually did like the gameplay from that when I saw that. So I believe that you may be able to customize that AI too. So that's going to be a cool, uh, really cool feature as well. So I will see. We'll see how this goes. Uh, I, You know, either way, I'm thinking this game is going to be hot anyway. I'm looking forward to playing it when it comes out on April 23rd. I believe on all consoles is coming out and PC as well. It's definitely coming out on a Nintendo Switch. That's the one I'm going to be aiming for because that's always the tester. I'm going to take the risk of even going to that one. I'm hoping that they succeed in this and being able to come out with a fluid version for the Switch because the last game that failed on a switch to my knowledge still to this day is 2k games is uh wwe 2k 19 every other game that is translated from that was played on a playstation or xbox has translated pretty damn well onto the switch except for 2k 19 which is playable but it's not it's not fluid so there's that situation right there. It's not 19, it's 18, by the way. 2K18, I'm sorry. Uh, so that's the one situation that, you know, I'm hoping for. So I'm going to take the risk and play it on there. I know it's going to be great on the PlayStation 4. I know it's going to be great on the Xbox One. I needed to play on this really well. And with everything that they're coming out with for 
the Nintendo Switch and all these really hardcore AAA heavy graphic games, I am hoping for great frames per second <laughs> on all of this stuff. So we will see. But I am most likely looking forward to that as well. So on to some other news. I have actually had a chance to play Yakuza 6. And I got it for, I got it on sale. I think I mentioned this last week. I got it on sale. Finally got a chance to play this thoroughly. I am kicking myself that I haven't played this game sooner. First of all, shout out to any of my ACMG members who know I'm a wrestling fan and didn't tell me that there's a lot of wrestling influence in this game. So let's talk about the fact that this game is awesome and it, it, it's it's the answer to everything that the previous games have not actually you know had before and does before there are some things that this game lacks i believe that the other games had and i will talk about that but the one thing that i did the, the thing that just stuck out the most was the fact that the new japan pro wrestling elite was in this game and i'm talking about hiroshi tanahashi rainmaker kazushika okada and i'm probably butchered his first name but okada rainmaker okada Toru Yano, Hiroshi Tenzan, legend, Satoshi Kojima, legend, who I actually had a chance to see live here in Philly at a Ring of Honor event called Ring of Honor Final Battle, the original Final Battle 2003, way back, he fought homicide, he damn near gave him a concussion because he stiffed him so hard, but he, he was he's an awesome, awesome wrestler, legendary wrestler at this point, he's, in, he's leading up to Hall of Fame status at this point uh, for many fans. And um, also Tetsuya Naito, the ever popular Tetsuya Naito uh, from Los uh, Ingranal. Uh, I always mess up the uh, the uh, Spanish selling of the name Los Ingranalos de Japón. I believe I'm butchering the hell out of it. If you're a wrestling fan, you're probably cursing me out right now because I've totally screwed it up. But um, I believe it's Los Ingranalos. I'm, let me just stop right here. I'm just going to stop butchering it right there. But no, Tetsuya um, Naito is on air and he's one of the most popular. Him and Okada is like the most, and Tanahashi as well. Three of the most popular characters, in, uh, and, and I'm sorry, not only just characters, but popular wrestlers in Japan. Uh, Toruyano is one of the most comical dudes in Japan as well. He's, one, he's very popular in, in the New Japan uh, realm. But I'm very surprised that they chose him and not the one guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling that will probably fit the format more than anybody. And that is Minoru Suzuki, the legendary Minoru Suzuki from New Japan, also from, uh, from Suzuki Gun, which is his actual uh, his, his group, and also more famously from Pancrase. He, cre- he was one of the co-founders of Pancrase. He's a legendary guy. But more or less, he he is a very nasty, hardcore, stiff, and I say stiff as in he hits hard, very stiff fighter, shoot fighter, if you will. He comes off more like a Yakuza member than anybody in this that's in this game right now. And these guys do a great job. They're playing themselves, but as a character in the game. Not as professional wrestlers, but members of a of an elite, you know, mob or yakuza, if you will. And Minoru Suzuki would have been perfect for this game, and they decided not to add him on. I was very, very 
surprised at that. I don't know what came in or why these guys were chosen or why. Yeah, I would have. Yano is great on his game. Yano is great on his game, but I would have chosen to replace him from Minoru Suzuki easily. I wonder if there was some situation that didn't allow him to be in the game. But nonetheless, it was great to see everybody. When I first saw Okada, and, and the funny part about uh, seeing Okada, I first saw Okada in the game. I recognized him immediately by the back of his head because he has a, he has a particular hairstyle that I have not seen in anyone from Japan outside of Japan. It is a very signature hairstyle that he has. So when he just, when they showed him just walking up, and you don't see the front of his face. You only see the back of his face and the trench coat, the really badass cool trench coat that I would rock at any day. <laughs> trench coat that he had on. And I looked at him like, no, that's not who I think that is. And lo and behold, they panned, the camera panned to his face, and I literally went off. And I immediately went on the ACMG Facebook group and was like, I felt like Arsenio Hall. When on a Dave Chappelle show, when Dave Chappelle uh, thinking of really, you know, really it, strange things to keep his mind off the conversation that he's having with this guy trying to pitch him a, uh, a, a TV uh, spot. And he's thinking about Arsenio Hall slapping people because he didn't tell they didn't tell him how good the cheese was. That's how I felt. That's exactly how I felt when I saw this. And then when I saw the rest of the six lunatics, I completely was like. I need to slap somebody right now. I need to really bitch slap somebody for not telling me this sooner. This game has so many elements. If you played any Yakuza game before, you've seen all of the things that you could do in there. It's a very deep replay value with this game. You could go around certain parts of cities in, in New York, uh, in Japan. I was about to say New York, and just walk around. It's it's, it's very populated. Uh, it's amazing that they pop- this game is so well populated and this game has, has so much things going on and the graphics is great for only 15 gigs um, of memory. And this is an amazing game. They've all been amazing game, but I, this one in particular is officially my favorite because of the additions of the New Japan Pro Wrestling Elite characters in here. So, I mean, this was near and dear to my heart. I still haven't finished the game. I'm like in chapter 12 now. I'm almost, I believe I'm near the end. And, you know, when it comes to the six lunatics, the New Japan pro wrestlers, they are involved in a mini game that you can play, which is like the clan member game, which is really cool. It's it, these side missions and everything. These mini games and everything is particularly great. Here's one that I really stumbled onto, and many of my members failed to tell me about was they that they had this. It's it's kind of like a really a. a uh, a porn chat <laughs> in here it's kind of it's not entirely a porn chat but they really tease it like it's a porn hub chat and there is actually two like they did a camera footage with two really attractive sexy japanese women i don't know if they're actual famous uh exotic women or famous women in the in, Jap- in japan but they're in here and i played through this game and i was like what the porn hub is going on here and i was real like i really i'm gonna put them on blast in my cmg facebook group because i know there are people who claim that they played it but they never mentioned this so i'm pretty sure they're keeping it quiet as hell but i found it very funny that there's a whole mini game for this and just watching kiryu play through this game watching kiryu go through some of these mini these sub stories are hilarious because they put him here you got the toughest guy in japan one of the most respected former yakuza chairman in japan 
And in between all of the main story, you got sub stories where they put him in so many awkward, crazy, wacky predicaments. And he goes into becoming a mascot for kids. He is getting himself into chat rooms. He is, you know, selling something or doing something crazy and wacky. It's insane. But every game has him doing some really crazy, wacky stuff. In the midst of all this, you get to play a bunch of video games. What really got me to want to play this game was because they offered an arcade version of Virtual Fighter 5, which I haven't played Virtual Fighter forever. And playing it, it's still great to play. However, I've realized how outdated the graphics is now, which was crazy because back when it was out, it really, the game stepped it up as far as graphics. And to see what Yakuza 6 looks like now in accordance to what Virtual Fighter 5 looks like, it is absolutely insane. I need Yu Suzuki to come out with another virtual fighter and not only just a virtual fighter game we need him to come out screw shimu i'm sorry i said it unless shimu is going to be a part of the game we need a virtual fighter with a story mode because there's a story to all these characters but it never fleshes out it just they tell a story and then you're just fighting we need to get in where nether realm is and bring this back give it a fresh coat of paint you know you had in a a game with the best control scheme ever i will argue this down to the t he developed a genius and insanely genius uh control scheme for fighting along with that the greatest training mode you ever have and and i tell you this a lot of these gamers i i i can i can attest to this too and i probably i will put money on this a lot of the e-leaguers probably don't understand why they learned the techniques that they've learned to this day. Yu Suzuki, in fact, was the one that brought frame animation to our attention and timing to our attention when he came up with that that training mode. And I'm very surprised to this day that Yu Suzuki, or not even just Yu Suzuki, but Capcom, uh, Bandai Namco with Tekken and all these, you know, Mortal Kombat too. None of these franchises ever had a really thorough minute detailed training mode it really boggles my mind with this so the fact that they had virtual fighting here was a seller to me but adding on the new japan pro wrestling elite into the storylines of these things just killed it for me i am for the i you know the funny thing is i never really truly beat a Yakuza game I guess if you really want to count Fist of the North Star because it was made by the same guys as Yakuza then you could say that I beat a Yakuza game but I mean and Kiryu is in here as a skin for uh for Kenshiro so technically yeah I could you could say I beat a game but in essence of that I've never truly beat an actual Yakuza game but I've dedicated because of them giving me such a great treat with you know, Virtual Fighter uh, 5 and the fact of having New Japan Pro Wrestling game, uh, members, characters in here or actual wrestlers in here. I'm going to beat this game. I'm determined to beat this game for the first time ever. I'm beating a Yakuza game. Uh, and that, you know what's crazy? I've brought Yakuza games for years, but I guess a, a lot of it was a lot, you know, it was too time consuming for me to play and I had to move on with things. But I'm dedicating to this one. I've even brought the spinoffs uh, for the PSP and I'd never beat those either. Well, first of all, they was all in Japan. So it was kind of, it was slightly um, 
you know, it wasn't hard to go through because you had to translate a lot of things, but it was a little bit more difficult to try to play that those uh, those spinoff games than it was to play in this. And yeah, if you don't know, uh, there are a bunch of spinoff games, including the one that's coming out very soon in June 21st called Judgment, which has been announced uh, by Sega. And this story is going to involve a big shot attorney named uh, Takayuki uh, Yagami, played by an actual actor in Japan called uh, Takoya uh, Kimoru or Kimura. And uh, it's quite the contrast of a character from, you know, Ki, uh, for Kiryu in a sense that he's not bitter. He's not, you know, he's kind of a more open, uh, you know, open guy. He's more like a nicer type of character. He wasn't really hardened by, you know, his upbringing, if you will, like Kiryu was. And, he, you know, this guy has a different kick. But not only that, speaking of kicks, no pun, he also has a different fighting style than Kiryu as well. A much more fluid, kind of Jackie Chan-esque type of fighting style as well. So that actually is really uh, cool from what I saw, the footage that I saw as well. Um it's less rugged than what Kiryu is because Kiryu's fighting style, especially on Yakuza 6, is more or less a street fight type of style with a little bit of martial arts, you know, mixed in. And the thing that I didn't like about, that I don't like about Yakuza 6 is that if you play previous games, you know that Kiryu had a fighting style. He had, he had various different fighting styles that he's learned and he never brought that back into Yakuza 6. Instead, in his place is... He has a basic fighting style, but if you use a lot of his spiritual energy to his spirit orbs to do interactions with whether weapons or, you know, just if he's near an object or a wall or anything, you can activate it then. Or he could go full beast mode, you know, with the spirit uh, energy and just go full blast on you. So it's not bad, but it does take away just a bit from that. But. It looks like they're doing slightly the same for this, but giving them a different fighting style here. Um, the, you know, the gameplay also is going to involve a lot of investigation because he is a lawyer. So he's going to be doing a lot of investigating here and there. And a lot of critical thinking is going to be involved because there's going to be some moral, you know, gameplay here and involving as to what he's going to do and how he's going to handle things as well. So this game comes off literally like a rated PG-13 version of, phoenix right just with a kung fu grip so to speak uh, now when as far as other type of mini games and everything is involved returning to this game is some familiar games from yakuza series or yakuza 6 and some new ones as well so the virtual virtual fighter will be coming back virtual fighter 5 uh fighting vipers which is a new addition that's coming to this game is going in fantasy zone will be added puyo puyo uh, we'll be at it. We'll be back because that was in um, that Fantasy Zone and Puyo Puyo is also in there from uh, Club Sega. Uh, UFO Catcher is back. The newest game, Kumaro of the Dead, which is in fact House of the Dead, but the setting is in the city within you know the setting of Yakuza Six or where I, I I don't know which part of Japan is. I think it's Hiroshima or one of the um, eras of Japan that they're in from there. So. Uh, Tioki will also have his own place too, uh, his own you know apartment. Now, a lot of things is cool about this is because what you could get from the outside world, like if you buy certain items from stores in the city, or if you go into the UFO catcher, 
which is like one of those little arcade catching things that you can you try to grab toys or whatever like that um the grappling hook games or whatever if you manage to grab one of those deals you could bring it to your apartment and you know place it and you know it's decor for your apartment so i thought that was pretty cool as well so you have that option there's going to be plenty of things that you could do in this game uh this is one of the finer open world games that you could ever play but what really intrigues me about this game is for the first time ever in any yakuza game whether it be the main or spinoff game there will be dual audio in this game now i don't know if in fact this is the results of the success they had with fist of the north star but I am all for this. I love the Japanese sub that I'm, that I'm reading off of Yakuza, but if I can really enjoy a good dub version, I'm all for it. And I believe the dual version is going to have both. Uh, when you play the... From what I saw on the footage that I, that I watched, there's if you do the English dub, you'll still hear some Japanese dialogue along the lines, but the initial characters will be in English. So... I am all for that. I am all for that. It helps to enjoy the actual experience better because I'm not reading off a text every single time. Now, granted, I will give credit to Yakuza. All of the Yakuza series is when they do subtitle. It is by far the best subtitling and pacing of dialogue I have ever seen, even outside outside of this, um, whether video game or anime. Because a lot of times, subs can, like, the, the subtitling can come up real quick and quickly go away, so you have to pause or read it. No. Yakuza has always had the best pacing of subtitling ever. No matter what it is. So kudos to them for that, but having English dub in here is going to make for a great experience with me. I always question, like, why did it take Yu Suzuki forever to come out with um, Shimu 3? And these, you got six Yakuza games. And you also have two, three, now three spinoff games. You got three spinoff games. Two of them are in the PSP. Now, granted, they're a little bit downgraded on the PSP, but they still came out with it. You also have, and now you got this newer, this, the newest edition. So I don't understand the deal. Maybe we'll find out when, you, uh, you know, down the line as to what really went down with that whole entire thing and how, what is it? Did he really need the money that he was asking for back then? Because he, he asked for a crap load of money to get Shimu 3 in there because he felt he needed it. And then these guys come out with Yakuza, uh, the Yakuza series. And it's like, it, this is literally the same thing. This is literally the same thing, man. So we will see. So in other news, thank you, Nintendo. And I say thank you because I don't know. I, I believe I mentioned this before that they spoke about this, but they've been really advocating uh, towards mobile mobile developers to not charge enormous amounts of money for gamers for a mobile game, and I totally agree. I've I've been talking about this since I started this podcast um, way back, and it's atrocious what they have done in the mobile. Um, you know the, the the business practice that they have done, the monetization of what they've done in this in the in the mobile industry. It it from an artistic standpoint, it, it's lacking integrity and it's taking away the art side of it when you're trying to charge somebody $99.99 for in-app purchasing for a mobile for a for a I want to say stupid I'm not going to say stupid for a mobile game that even in its even in its heyday like if it's an 8-bit game if it's like a 16-bit game even in its heyday would never cost you $99.99 never 
you get you charge that much for games today, which you're getting a full game experience plus DLC and a season pass. That's what you're paying for this day. That's what you're getting. You're getting a full experience. There's no way. I would dare like to meet the person who is paying that much or has their kids paying that much. I dare you to reveal yourself for that. Because you deserve... You deserve a slap in the face from every single gamer in the world who are who is not paying that game who would be who wouldn't be stupid enough to pay that much for for in-app purchases. So a representative of uh, Nintendo spoke to the Raw Wall Street Journal about this and they said that they are not interested in making large amounts of money for the games that they're coming out with, you know, for a single smartphone game. You know, a cyber agent official told uh, Wall Street Journal if we managed to game alone, we would we would have made a lot more. Enough said. Um, you know, the, and, they, and they go down to say the official uh, the official also confirmed that drag uh, drag I'm sorry, it's drag Gallia uh, lost is performing under expectations in the revenue per player, adding that Nintendo asked the company, and I'm getting this from uh, Game Informer, by the way. Uh, which is where this article, I learned about this article. Um, adding that Nintendo asked the gamer, uh, the, asked the company to alter in-game uh, lotteries in response to players complaining about uh, it was too difficult to unlock rare characters. I totally agree. I've had games like that before. It, I, Upon doing that and, and experiencing that, I immediately turned away from the game and stopped playing the game. I've I've rebelled against these type of games and this type of business practice for years now since I've gotten a cell phone and I discovered mobile games and when mobile games used to be fun I tell you what I've said this a lot of times one of the best mobile games I've ever really played was probably one of the first mobile games I ever played and that was um, Infinity Blade they offered in at purchases but they also charged you $4.99 for the game which was great you got this game with phenomenal graphics at the time, uh, really innovative punch-out style gameplay, and a great story. You all, They offered you to in-app purchases to get money for some of the weapons that you, really cool weapons that you get, or you could grind through it. And guess what? The grind was not hard at all. You would end up not only beating game, but replaying the game multiple times being able to get these weapons with ease or you could and it was up to you you could cheat your way through or just you know skim your way through and just buy it they didn't force you to do it but then there were other games that were doing committing unethical traits and like making it so hard for you to play the game that they almost forced you to want to buy in that purchase to beat the game it's very carnival like or what they call carny which means they're trying to stiff you and to me, that takes away the artistic integrity of a game. So kudos to Nintendo, in my opinion, for shouting out this. For, you know, they are all about having fun. And they figure they can excel better if these game companies stop trying to get mobile games. I think, I mean, they, they were okay with, um, what was it, Super Mario Run? That was a pretty good game. What I liked about that game when I reviewed it before is that there was no in-app purchases. There was only in. Um, it were there were in-app purchases, but only to get the complete game. Uh, you didn't have to go in. And then there's some platinum coins that you can use for for your gameplay as well, uh, which I still have and I never use them. But you could use that to play that, and you were fine. 
you are absolutely fine with that. I paid $5.99 for the rest of the game and enjoyed it. You know, the same thing goes for Fire Emblem. Uh, Heroes, I believe, is the other one, which I believe was way more successful in this case. So uh, they look like they want to continue to keep doing mobile games, but they want to start a trend of making these games fun to play. I I keep saying I will pay full price for a mobile game and enjoy it without having to play in-app purchase. I will pay $14.99, $10.99, $9.99 for a full enjoyment of a game instead of making it free and then all of all of a sudden you guys are trying to just you know pocket everybody and drain people's pockets with these in-app purchases now so kudos nintendo this is why i am completely in allegiance to with this brand again it took me years to be back in the, in the clutches of uh, this company but i am full force with them on this and and just everything that they've done so far so speaking of which for all you old school nintendo 64 guys the first n64 game has been announced to come onto the Switch, and that is Turok of all games. Now, Turok was indeed a very popular game on the Nintendo uh, 64. It was a first-person shooter game that involved the character Turok, which I believe is a comic book character. Uh, which he in the game he hunts down dinosaurs, like before, way before Monster Hunter. But this is a uh, first-person shooter factor. So there has been said to be new gameplay featuring uh, an all-completely 3D world, so they were able to expand it. This is sort of a remaster of the game. Um, the thing that I am surprised, and I don't know when it... They didn't announce when it was coming out, but it is coming out soon. What I am very surprised about is that this is the first game and not GoldenEye. Do you know how many people... And I don't get me twisted. Turok is a very popular cult. Uh, it's a very cult uh, following with this game. This is a cult fan game. But GoldenEye really kicked the gear for the Nintendo 64. For that game, and I don't know why. Maybe it has something to do with... Uh, I, 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 was Paramount Studios owned that uh, Bond franchise? I don't forgot. But I don't know if it's the studio behind... Uh, 007 that may not have the license to come out with that game anymore but they need to go out of their way if they're really trying to do the N64 thing go out of your way to get that game onto the Switch because that's a game that I believe that nostalgic fans old school gamers are going to clamor for and it's going to start a whole new thing so you know if I was them I would go for the gold no pun intended on that one. So it'll be cool. It'll be interesting to see how many people um, come back and try to relive the 1997 game and see if it, in fact, actually has outdated itself. And it says, because if you look at the graphics now, the 64 graphics from them and the way things now, I just do me a favor for millennials. I need the millennials to, to realize this. If you're listening, please, when you see this game, it is not a new game. It is absolutely not a new game. This is a classic game coming back out. What you need to do is sit back, enjoy the past and what brought you to what we got today. That's all I'm saying because I remember reading about Unimusha. When Unimusha came out, there was a post on Capcom and there were actual kids and you could tell they were kids because they were talking about how they thought this was a brand new game that was coming out from Capcom. And why does this look outdated? And why does this gameplay not look like this? And and 
It was hilarious to see. And instead of looking to research about this game, or I don't know if it, I, some of it might be Capcom's fault because they may not have mentioned that this is a classic game being remastered and coming back out. I don't know, but this, you got to understand, this is a classic game from around the same time, you know, Unimusha came out. I think Unimusha came out a little bit later due to, you know, if you really look at the graphic, um, you know, uh, intake of both, I think that it came out a little bit later but my goodness i tell you please just if you want to learn about gaming history i definitely say go out of your way to check it out it was a very popular game back then just for your your knowledge as a a, a true gamer go out of your way to check that out so uh there's another game on the switch that i want to talk about right now that was been out for god knows how long it was also on sale i just happened to look at their sales uh feature on the eShop and saw this and picked it up it's only 99 cents who am I to, you know, I'm not going to argue that. Super Blackjack Battle 2 Turbo. The Card Warriors. I got a chance to play this game. It's a blackjack game with a heavy, heavy influence in Street Fighter 2. So the makers of this game were are heavy Street Fighter fans, obviously. And they managed to implement that the, the characteristics of Street Fighter into this game of blackjack. And what you have is a really cool experience here from a group of guys. I'm not sure. It's usually just an indie game, so I'm assuming this is probably going to be like one or one to three people working on this game. And this game is blackjack, but it has all the elements of Street Fighter. You got 12 characters with different stories and endings. There are actually endings to this story, which is awesome, um, that you get to play. All these are some of the top blackjack players in the world all coming together in a tournament to face the main bad guy, which I forgot the main bad guy's name, but he's supposed to be like the shady uh, the shady player or dealer or whatnot, and each person has an agenda against this character. Sounds familiar? Ergo, the Street Fighter characters trying to head over to Bison, <laughs> pretty much. So, the, I never, you know, I never played Blackjack in real life. Never played it. Never been a fan of gambling or going to casinos or anything. I always been a fan of playing poker, you know, online poker, not online poker, but actual poker games or anything that didn't involve me losing real money. So I never, and I still never really understood how to master that game. Blackjack, I, it's the first time I really actually had a chance to play Blackjack, I didn't realize how easy it was. And to play, at least it's easy for what I'm playing here. I don't know, I, I can't tell you if some of the role sets of real life Blackjack are played here or where they added some other really stipulations or elements in here but without even knowing how to play this game if you really observe what this game does you pick up really quickly on how to really play this game and i really appreciated that i don't know how they were able to do that but without even teaching you how to play blackjack you, you instantly understand what the rules is and how, what's going on and how to play and then furthermore you start to learn how to really play the game against an opponent and how they're thinking or what's the strategic way to go about it and what's the best way to go or how you know should you keep hitting to hit 21 uh should you hold back do you go through and you know take insurance or whatever like that you know there's a whole bunch of ways to play and you start to pick up on this easily it's a really well done designed game from a gameplay standpoint and just the visual standpoint and the presentation standpoint as well uh they also had, you know, you, you go off and face off not only against an opponent, 
but the blackjack dealer itself. So when you're playing a game, it's you against the opponent and see who makes the most money within 10 rounds. So it doesn't matter what the dealer does. You're not beating the dealer in a, in a sense. You're more likely... Well, you're also you're trying to beat the dealer, but the dealer is the overall guy. The opponent is what you're facing. You have to make more money than the opponent by the end of the 10th round. Or the loser, whether it be you or the opponent, has to lose all of their money in order to be defeated. So if you can manage to... If your opponent manages to lose all their cash, they lose. If you lose all your cash, you lose. So it works that way. And you know, and you can lose before the 10 rounds end because you can have a complete knockout if you decide to bet all of your money and go all in with it and just lose all your cash. So, And if you, if you get defeated or if you defeat your character, they do the same traditional Street Fighter screen where they show you in victory while your opponent is lost and almost defeated. You know, not like in a sense of being getting their ass whooped and having an ass whoop look on their face like on Street Fighter, but they have a defeated look on their face. So the cool part is, too, that I love about this, that when you stop playing the game, it automatically saves. So even if you go out of the game and come back to it, you pick up where you left off with the actual story element. You can all, There are also other options to just play and practice you know, uh, blackjack on your own and single player mode to get a gist of how to play the game as well. So that's also awesome to do. But once you go into the story mode, if you play with that one character, you stick with that one character until you absolutely defeat the game. And once you defeat the game, there are actual endings to the game, much like you would when you beat Street Fighter. There's an ending to the game. It's so well done. I love this game. For 99 cents, you cannot beat it. Go out of your way. I give this game an absolute A+. Now, granted, with that said... Upon giving it A+, if they do this game again, I would hope that they find a way to add a super gauge system that will allow you to maybe, I don't know, I don't know how you would do it, and it's because the way that it's designed and structured, I don't know how they would do it, but it would be awesome to find an extra element to this game and go about it that way, but this is a very fun game. If you're a Street Fighter fan, I mean, really, of the culture of Street Fighter, you got to appreciate this game for what they've done and added that type of Street Fighter 2 element to it. But if you're if you're a Street Fighter fan and maybe not a Blackjack fan, but you got to appreciate this. It's only 99 cents. You're not losing any money. You're gaining money. <laughs> you're gaining an, a great experience here. And for only 99 cents, the, I, kudos to these guys. I hope they come back with a sequel to this or something else of this because this was very well done. I, I truly commend these guys for that. I wish I would have discovered this sooner. So, um, Last bit of news is that I got a chance to play Devil May Cry the demo. Uh, it's coming out this Friday. I already pre-ordered it. I got the deluxe edition. I'm very tied within this game. This show, ACMG, is very tied within this game for a reason. And we will tell you that in a minute. And But before I do, I got a chance to play the demo. I'm sure a lot of you have. I am very much looking forward to this. Uh, there's been great reviews on the on the game experience itself. Uh, I love what I got to play, and I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming up next with this. Uh, you got to play as Nero in a really short version of the story, and you get a chance to feel what happens when he uses uh, his arm, his now bionic arm, which you set to lose every once in a while and manage to pick back up. So it's a really cool thing, and being able to... I mean, it, it doesn't give you the full experience, of course, but it does give you a chance to fight a a, mid, a mini boss, a, which is actually not really a mini boss. It's like a huge, giant, you know, boss, much like they did with um, Devil May Cry 4. 
if you guys remember when they did the demo for that. They, it's kind of the same thing here. Uh, I love what they've done with the game. It looks like it's going to be one of the best versions ever. I knew when my guest was on the show the last time that they were coming out with this game, he, could, he couldn't say nor deny that it was coming out, much like he did with Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. But I can tell you this. He's coming back. Ruben Langdon, the voice of Dante, will be back on the show uh, probably sooner than later. I have actually reached out to him. I called him. Uh, you know, he's been traveling around the world uh, filming the documentary, I believe. So we're going to talk about that and much more as what's been going on, including that incident that I talked about last week with the shooting situation. So uh, hopefully we'll get a little bit more on that next week. But I got a chance to reach out to him. He, um, he hit me back up. Said he's all for it. He's down with it. This will be his third time on the show to talk about Devil May Cry and much, much more. We've already been set. We set this up a long time ago, but, you know, we said when the time is right. He said, actually, when the time is right, we'll be jumping on. And he he's never let me down. He's he's a great dude. Ruben Lang is a great dude. You guys know him as Ken Masters on Street Fighter V. He's also Dante from Devil May Cry. He's also been seen on movies. He's also done stunt work as well. So if you guys get a chance, check out the previous interviews that we've had with him. But get ready because he's coming back to Talk Time Live very sooner than later. Um, We're working it out. It may be a week. It may be next week. It may be a week from now. Maybe two weeks from now. But you'll know soon enough. But Dante is coming back. The one and only Ruben Langdon is coming back. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live Extra Select Start. I got even bigger news. Oh, well, not, let me say, let me not say bigger news. I have even more news. <laughs> even more news. He's not the only guest I'm having. If you guys watched or seen the promos that I had, the teaser promos that I had on Instagram at Dak Xavier Josiah, if you go onto the ACMG Facebook group, if you're in the Keystone Comic Con page, if you're on, I've promoted this everywhere. He's not the only guest coming. We got a ninja coming from the Hidden Leaf Village coming that will be on the show tomorrow. In fact, Tom Gibbis, you guys know him as Shiki, Shikamaru from Naruto, Naruto Shippuden, Baruto Naruto Next Generation. He's coming on the show. We're going to talk to him about his entire 14-year run as the character, everything that he has done in that, in the, uh, pretty much in his career, and some really cool stuff. I might add as well, I want to talk to him about too, Philly related as well, that he was involved with a uh, icon in here in Philly. So we're going to talk about that and much more. So uh, Tom Gibbous, the voice of Shikamaru from Naruto, will be on the show tomorrow. I believe the he, well, we will connect tonight and uh, I'll have that up tomorrow. So looking forward to it and uh, keep it going. We're going to have more. And I'm actually... You know, the Wakanda call is coming, too. So we're still working on that as to when we're going to have that one as well. So stay tuned for that and much, much more. Folks, this Sunday on Talk Time Live Prime, we will be talking all things Captain Marvel. As Captain Marvel's coming out this week, and uh, we're going to get a chance to talk about what we thought of the movie as well. A bunch of our members from the ACMG Facebook group are going to gather together with myself, my wife, and uh, just a bunch of other people from the ACNG Facebook group heading to Movie Tavern in Flowertown, PA to see this. Now, if you've never been to Flowertown, if you're in the Philadelphia area or in the Pennsylvania area, you're near Flowertown or Collegeville, Movie Tavern is one of the best experiences you can have for movies at this time. Uh, I know there's going to be a new one downtown in our Philadelphia area in downtown Philly when they open up the new mall and such. And 
which would be great timing for all the cons and Keystone coming down and everything. So they are, you know, they're looking to do something similar to that. But until then, movie taverns are a place. And it's a great experience, restaurant experience with the movies and everything. Great food, great time, recliner seats. You can't go wrong with this. So we're all going to be heading down there. But then Sunday, I'm going to be talking about that movie. Hopefully, I may actually, again, I may have an actual guest on the show to review it with me. So stay tuned for that possibility as well. So, um, Stay tuned for that, but we're also going to talk about all the news that's going on this week, all the sad news, all the interesting news going on, uh, you know, this week. So we're going to definitely cover all that on Sunday as well. So for now, get ready, but we're going to have an explosive week here in Talk Time Live and ACMG. So, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of myself, this is Dak Saver Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care, and I will talk to you Sunday. Even more news. This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality.